What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down all the NFL matchups and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this week's episode of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, we finally made it to the regular season. The NFL Week 1 is this week. We're finally here. Full slate of games, 16 in all. I'm pumped to get through these games, get going. We have some news from around uh, some of the other leagues, including the NHL, some college football, what have you. Also this week, we have longtime listener, friend of the show, Abik, to give us another perspective going into the NFL season, plus a little finishing segment from last week with some player props and more. We're through 100 episodes, on to 101, the live stream this Sunday. Don't forget to check that out. We're ready to showcase our five, five favorite games of the week and give our winning bets on those. So let's jump in to this week's episode. And introduce my co-host, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, why don't you start us off this week? What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, what's going on, boys? Uh, couldn't be more excited about the NFL being back. I'm sure we'll all have plays out for that tomorrow. Um, yeah, the live stream on Sunday is going to uh first time we're doing that, so that should be fun. And uh wouldn't want to miss that for all you guys listening out there. But uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of mixed up in the college football. You got a, you got a good feel for each team, and now we're... Um, we got a new twenty rank top twenty five ranking, so it'd be nice to dive into that. Other than that, uh, not much going on. Good stuff there, Mackie. Nice to see you for another week. Ace, we're gonna shoot over to you next. What do you got for us, buddy? What's up, boys? Uh, ready to go? Talk another week here. First off, I want to thank Jesse for this sick new hat. Got some merch in the mail for the birthday. Got to throw it on for the pod. Will shortly. But um, yeah, battling some sicknesses, but active for this week. Um, for the podcast tonight, just like Travis Kelsey, hopefully is tomorrow night. So I'm ready to get into some football and talk to our boy Abik too. So let's get it going. Heck yeah, I'm real excited to talk to Abik as well. Huff, what do you got for us? Another week here, week one NFL. Let's jump into it. Yeah, not much else coming from me. Like Mackie said, a great weekend to start us out in college football as we truly got uh, into week one with college football. Lots of big upsets that we're going to get into that I'm excited to talk about. Made some money on the. Uh, on the gridiron out there in college. So it was good to get football back, and uh, we get NFL back tomorrow night with Chiefs-Lions and uh, week one Sunday. I'm excited to get into it. Let's go. Let's jump into this week's episode. Let's start it off uh, in the MLB. We'll go over our power rankings real quick here. This week, the week of September 4th, in fifth, we have the Milwaukee Brewers. In fourth, the Tampa Bay Rays, followed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two, the Baltimore Orioles, and number one, the Atlanta Braves. I think uh, same list as last week. Yes, yeah, or a little, little different. No, the Brewers. Orioles now in second, moving up a spot there. What comments you guys got on this one? I believe that Brew Crew grabbing the fifth spot's new, new as well, right? Yeah, the Mariners were there last week. Yeah, oh, you're no, right. I'm, I'm sorry. Mad, that the, mad the Astros couldn't jump in myself. I know Huff is too. They've been playing great. They just jumped out to a two-run or a two-nothing lead. Uh, Jordan Alvarez two-run shot in the top of the first. Of course, the they've been on fire. Like I said, when Jordan and Altuve can get healthy, that's the team that I don't want to see in the playoffs. If I'm in the MLB, yep, they're, they're looking AM. good right now. They're giving it to Texas at division rival. They're battling for the division. It was nice to see the Mariners pick up a loss last night, but I mean, like you said, that. That power ranking that we have, I, I'm, I'm big on this Brewers team. They picked up a loss today to my Pirates. They picked up one yesterday. They won. Um, but I think it's a good Brewers team. I think they are the team that's going to win the win the NL Central. But 
Um, I, I do think these Astros are coming for that five, if not four spot from uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Astros are pumping right now, especially in that divisional series on the road. It's pr- pretty nice to see. Ace kind of alluded, he said Altuve, Jose Altuve homered in his first three at-bats for the Houston Astros against the Texas Rangers on Tuesday night, finishing the evening with four home runs in total. Super impressive evening for him. I mean, just mad. Is that, how many times has that been done? That kind of stuff been done. You know, you know, it's a good point here. I think we talked about this before. There's no captains in the MLB, but if there was one for every single team, Jose Altuve would be the Houston Astros captain. I mean, he got through this, the cheating scandal, survived it. Uh, went through this long dynasty, has the World Series rings. He would be a perennial all-star, is actually, but this year he started off injured. He's still batting over 300 and then five home runs when they need it most. I mean, what else do you need? First time someone's hit three in three innings. That's kind of nuts to me. I just thought it was fun to watch. You say he got through the cheating scandal like he went through World War II. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the way he did, remember how they used to like throw at him every single time? Yeah, I mean, he deserved it. You say you I got did, through the cheating scandal him. like like Deshaun Watson got through his scandal. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Deshaun Watson got through his scandal more unscathed than Jose Altuve did, in my opinion. Uh, you might be right about that. Altuve didn't get a game, so... Hot take. Yeah, Hot I mean, take. nobody's taking Hot runs take. at Deshaun Watson, though. Do you remember Jose Altuve was getting 100-mile-an-hour heaters to the dome piece? Well, because... because people are salty that he stole the ring. Even Deshaun though Watson... Anyway. I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't cheat the game. He's just a pedophile. It's different. When you cheat the game, you know, they take it personally. I don't think it's pedophile. Yeah, when you're a piece of shit, they just let you uh, go. We'll, we'll let the courts <laughs> decide it. I mean, yeah, I don't. I wasn't on the jury. <laughs> yeah, but no, they continue to keep pace. Rangers and M's right there as well. So that AL West is going to be so fun to monitor throughout the stretch, especially with football looming. I mean, that's going to be something I'm still watching in the baseball world. Yeah, these Astros are just giving me something to root for every night. I, uh, that division, uh, this I didn't know this when I took that future. It was going to be this fun coming down to it. I love a, uh, I like the, I wanted a two team race. I thought it was going to be a two team race, Astros and uh, Rangers. And then when the Mariners came out of nowhere, this has just been, uh, I mean, pretty electric to watch. As they all just kind of pick up wins every night, and it's whoever slips up. That's a huge loss every night because the other two teams are, I mean, on right now. Like we see, I mean, last night the Mariners pick up that loss to the Reds. But, I mean, tonight, they're, I think they're up 7-2 right now, last time I checked. But this East Coast trip hasn't been too kind to these Mariners. Like Mackie said, they need to get back home out to, I don't know what their fucking ballpark is called, but they need to get back to Seattle. They're, they're such a young team, too. And, like, we always talked about who can survive the stretch run. You get past August now into September. This is when the good team's got to win like the Astros. So I'm eager to see if that powerhouse, young powerhouse Mariners team can hang on. We know they'll probably get a wild card spot, but unsure if they can... Uh, take home that division they're right there though yeah and as we know i have a future on the mariners you guys have futures on the astros so it's a lot of button heads in the group chat but it's all in good fun all righty good stuff boys all righty and joining us now we have a longtime listener friend of the show a beak one of ace's good buddies nice to see you nice to have you back buddy what's going on what's new thanks for having me guys nothing much just been working, waiting for football season to come back. No offense, baseball and hockey are kind of boring. Football's my bread and butter. <laughs> we're with you. We're with you. We're excited to have you back, buddy. Let's jump right into some NFL. These headlines we got here are the first one. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid told reporters on Tuesday that tight end Travis Kelsey 
injured his knee at practice. It is unclear whether or not Kelsey will play in the season opener versus the Lions tomorrow night. That's Thursday. Uh, I heard overextended his knee. What are we thinking about this one, boys? So, um, excuse me, I'm battling a little bit of a sickness as well, along with Ace. I don't know if it's to the extent of what uh, Ace has up there in Rhode Island, but um, yeah, so excuse me coughing in and out of this mic all day, but I think he is going to play from what I understand. Uh, you're, you look at all the odds around uh, for the first touchdown, and this one's something I've been keeping my eye on, um, and he's still the favorite to score the first touchdown. When the line opened, he was plus 500, and he's now dropped now to plus 650. Um, so wondering if he's going to be out there maybe more as a decoy or what the Chiefs game plan is with him. Uh, if he is going to play, if he's obviously, I think it's 80% chance we see 87 out there for the Chiefs tomorrow night. But um, I, I, I don't see a situation where he doesn't play this game. He's never missed a game because of injury. But I think that if there is a game to sit him out, it is week one. Let him rest. Uh, get this thing right. But um, Ace, go ahead. Yeah, Huff, you're not wrong. I mean, when you think about Travis Kelsey, if there's hypotheticals, you're asking this question in the middle of June, say Travis Kelsey's on the men week one or early half of the season, every time you say, let's sit him. But when your back's against the wall, defending champions opening night, you know Travis Kelsey wants to go out there and play football. And he makes such a difference in this game. I know that Mahomes can make anybody into an elite receiver. However, Travis Kelsey draws so much coverage, beats it, the blocking and leadership he provides... I think he's going to suit up and be out there. Don't think he's at 100%. Don't know if he plays to the full snaps that he would, but I'm hoping he can get up for tomorrow night's game. You got to wonder, though, would they really risk it if he's not 100%? Do you think he lets them keep him off the field, though? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's really his call. But I was going to say, I, we've seen we've seen in that quarterback doc, at least when I watched it in that playoff game, when Andy Reid pulled Mahomes to go get the x-ray, and he goes, I'm not going, let me fit, wait till half. He goes, I can't wait till half. You're not waiting till half. We can't risk it with you. Like, I get Mahomes is a different breed, but if they're trying to run this back and be the first defending champions or back-to-back champions since your Patriots ace, I think you this need is 87 on the field. You got to, yeah. I, was I, say, I, I agree with you a, and for that decision, but I just feel like he's one of those guys that, you can't tell him what to do. If he's set on playing and suiting up, he's suiting up. But maybe his snap counts low. I'll, I'll say that. I bet you he suits up tomorrow night. But yeah, then again, I, it could just be a bunch of smoke blown up in Dan Campbell's face to take the eyes off the real thing. Yeah, I'm hoping they double cover him regardless and we see 19 slip into the end zone first. Yeah, I think Katarius Tony has a day tomorrow. Um, I know a lot of these young guys are bump, burst out on the scene. Abik likes those young, speedy receivers. Sky but, more, uh, man. Yeah, I think I think Kadarius Tony is uh, gonna find himself celebrating tomorrow night. Hopefully, it's the first one for you, Huff. These odds fucking change and are scaring me, but I hope so. Thank you. What are we looking at now? It's Fourteen to one, dude. I got a ten. The, the it's not like it went to like two thousand. You know what I mean? They don't. And Huff was yeah, celebrating but, in our group chat when it when Kelsey like he's like Mike. I Kel- for like, sure Tony. thought it was dropping. Yeah, yeah. You thought you bought at the right time, and it turns out you're the one that has to rethink your ticket. Yeah, I got I got shot in the ass here. I mean, if it hits, I won't complain about a hit, but. Tough one, Huff, tough one, but we will see as the week approaches here. That game on Thursday night, tomorrow night. The next headline we got here, 49ers and Nick Bosa agree to a record-breaking five-year, $170 million deal with $122.5 million in guaranteed money. The 49ers lock up the heart and soul of their defense. Is this team ready to make another run for that NFC championship? What are we thinking here? Mackie, what do you think? 
Yeah, this team's definitely a powerhouse in the NF in the NFC conference. Uh a weaker division than it's been in the past, so I think the Niners will be good here, but you gotta lock this guy up. He's obviously top three in the league, um, year in, year out, so pay the man what he deserves. I think my simple answer here is just yes. This is the team I have a future on to win the Super Bowl. I told you that last week. I think this is the team that's going to win the NFC. They're going to roll the NFC West. And Nick Bosa is the cornerstone of that elite number one ranked defense. So happy you got the job done. Huff, I know you were getting excited. Steelers, maybe people will steal one without Bosa. Just popped all the air in that balloon with that bag being signed. But I think this will be a good game. But with Nick Bosa locked in and ready to go, I think the Niners have this one. A beak. Let me hear from you. I was very high on this Niners team last year. Tragic, tragic end to their season with Brock Purdy blowing his elbow out. But they got their whole core locked up pretty much. Fred Warner, Bosa, CMC. So I think they're ready to make a run. And I'll be honest, the Eagles are frauds. So I think they're ready. I think I think Bosa's a pussy. I think he should have held out through week one. <laughs> I think he would have got I think he would have got forty million. He got thirty four. Um, I think he should have held out through week one to try to prove a point. You just wanted yeah, him out a, week one. That's what. That's why he's got the black and gold on saying that. So I don't know if you want that one uh, quoted, but Nick Bosa, ready to roll. Kenny Pickett might be running for his life on Sunday, Huff. We'll see. But uh, he'll be running. Maybe that full field goal, three points with my Steelers now. I don't know yeah, if he's a big enough smoked. player to change it a half. You think point. he swings a line a point? I was going to say, I don't know if he's big enough to swing. No, he only would if he was out, not the other way. If he's confirmed, it stays the same. If he's out, it changes, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. But no, I mean, obviously, yeah. Former de- or defending, is he defending defensive player of the year last year? Yeah, I mean, you knew he was getting this contract. It was just a matter of time. Exactly. I, I didn't think he was leaving the Bay Area. Alrighty, and our final headline here before we jump into these week one matchups. Bengals star quarterback Joe Burrow is ready to go for the season opener against the Browns this Sunday for their 1 p.m. matchup. Burrow has suffered a calf strain in late July, and many were skeptical of he wouldn't return, wouldn't be back for the beginning of the season. I remember we were talking, we were saying like week three, week four, somewhere around there, he'd be returning, but I guess he's ready to roll, he's ready to go. What are we thinking? Beak, what do you think? I'm very high on this Bengals team this year. They they were so close last year. Um, I've always liked Burrow. You know, when with the one full season we got out of him, made the Super Bowl, could have won that too. But I'm very high on them this year. And I'll be honest, AFC is getting a little a little weak now. That Kansas City's you know getting there every year. It's kind of kind of like New England from the past years. And I think you know Cincinnati's ready to make some noise along with Buffalo. Mackie, I want to hear what you have to say about this because uh, did you end up buying in on the Browns when we thought that Burrow wasn't going to play in this game? Because you're big on these Cleveland Browns and you were saying you could get them at plus money and all this stuff. Now I think the line probably, I mean, I don't know if it moved since, but it's probably moved since we talked about this. Yeah, I think they were. They were like a one-point plus dog. Plus one we when talked. we talked about this and they're, I think they're at three now. But okay. so yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy Even in Joe yet. Joe Burrow only changes it plus two. I think I am still gonna bet on the Browns. I think I like them at home, and you know I I am still high on this Browns team. But uh, obviously, having Joe Burrow back is huge. You're not gonna. We were talking hypothetically. If you missed like four weeks, they could potentially start one and three. And obviously, there's probably no chance of that happening now. So they have a full season of Joey B. Watch out for those who, Bengals. Who honestly though, 
I'm surprised we even entertained that. It was like the only NFL news, so we were just like biting at the bits of yeah, whatever of we got. Yeah, But we You're all fishing. knew all along Joe Barrow was playing in week one. He's going to play all season long. He's going to have a big year this year, I think. I think they're going to tie the Ravens for that division, but I, I, I knew he was going to play all along. So I'm going to say. We'll have to see if he's ready. Who's even their backup, right? Any anybody know anybody? Dude, it was so AJ funny. McCarran? I was watching the Bengals. I was watching oh, the, it's the XFL. No, it's, it's, it's I don't know who it is. I was watching one of their preseason games, and I heard the uh, the announcer in the second half talking about. And they were like, "And this is a big second half for the Cincinnati Bengals as these two quarterbacks are battling it out for the for the backup job behind Joe Burrow, who may not be playing until Week Five. So we could see one of these guys make their starting career in the NFL. It's like. No, it's it's this was late July or early August, like the first preseason game. It's like still what five weeks away from the season at that time, but I don't know. We saw, I mean, Burrow's getting a little, kind of a little corny in my opinion with all the Instagram posts, like posting all his old shit, like Bur- I'm back and all this shit. It's like you, I mean, you you got hurt in fucking training camp. You didn't really do anything. You haven't won shit yet. So let's see a win some before you start posting. I'm back. He loves that. He loves the Steelers hate. We went 2-0 against them last year. Alrighty, boys. Good stuff. Let's jump right into these Week 1 NFL matchups. Right into Thursday, the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. Thursday, 8 p.m. in Kansas City. The spread is 5.5 in favor of the Chiefs. Money line, minus 235, plus 194 for the Lions. And the total at 52.5. The trends I got here... Week one Lions games have gone over in 12 straight years, ranging from 2011 to 2022, and they're 15 and 1 to the over since 2007. So that total again at 52 and a half, the trend favoring the over. Lions went 6 and 0 against the spread versus the NFC North last season. We'll see how they fare against the Chiefs here this week. Who wants to get us rolling on our first matchup, NFL Week One, Thursday night? Yeah, I, I want to get us rolling here because it's about the best player in the NFL, and that is Patrick Mahomes, the face of the league. My boy Tom Brady's out now. Hang it up, clap it up for him, but uh, this is Patrick Mahomes' league now. I think with or without Travis Kelsey, he's starting this off with a bang. I want to take their team total over. That jumps off the screen to me. Regardless of who it is catching the ball, I think they're going to be fired up, and this scene's going to be way too much, especially for a very weak Detroit Lions defense. Mackie, you want to take the reins here? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't love this game. I don't really have too confident of a play on it. I'll definitely have a play down the line. I'm I'm leaning the over to two prolific high high pay, or fast paced offenses. Um neither defense is really too too stellar in my opinion. So I, I, I definitely lean o- over. It just could be a rough start to the season. You never know. Um two teams obviously they haven't played a game in a while, so um and over is kind of risky in week one. Mackie, I love that over there. Remember those Detroit Lions games last year? I want to see what the record was for what they went against over under um, on the season. But their defense is a pass funnel, and they like to keep those games close and entertaining. But Huff rode those primetime game under, so I'm eager to hear what he has to say about this one, especially that first half. I was just going to say, there's a play I'm already looking at. This first half is set at 26 and a half. I could see things start slow for these Dan Campbell-led Lions. I could see a Chiefs maybe... 14 to 10 at halftime kind of thing. And uh, that under 26 and a half, I could be looking at jumping back in on that first half trend with that under. 
The other play that obviously I've talked about is the Kadarius Tony to score first. I got it at ten to one. It's now fourteen to one. Do what you will there, but um, you could definitely see that first half under on my card tomorrow night. I I just I I can't back up an under against Mahomes. I can't do it. I don't. I I can't bet it either. Twenty six and a half is such a crazy number. They don't even have to start off slow. They can start off hot. It can be fourteen like, to ten going into the second half. I like being still winning. That's when that's when I feel like I'm on the right side. You can give up more oh, than yeah, three definitely, touchdowns. Definitely. You can like, give up wouldn't... more than three touchdowns if you take that under. Oh, I know. This is either it either gets obliterated or it's going to be close. Like it's not yeah, going to no, be No, that's what I'm saying. That's nice. You can give up three touchdowns and the cheap field goal. That's crazy. Yeah, you can also get it in four drives. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. I'm not touching that, but uh I'm very hot. I'm the Lions, I don't know. They they surprised people last year, but obviously Mahomes is like the Godzilla of the NFL right now. And going into his house, opening night, Chiefs are probably going to beat them by 10. But with how crazy the league is, the Lions might win tomorrow for all we know. Um, and I would say look for, one of the, for any of the young guys to score tomorrow, especially if Kelsey's out. So I like Sky Moore, Tony, Pacheco, any three of them. To score, get in the get in tomorrow. I like it. I like it. That's our Thursday night matchup. Let's jump into Sunday. The first matchup: San Francisco 49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers here at home for Huff and I. The spread is in favor of the 49ers minus two and a half for the 49ers. Their money line at minus one thirty-two. Steelers money line at plus one twelve. The over/under sitting at forty-one and a half. The trend I have here: the Steelers. We're eight and two straight up and against the spread with TJ Watt last season. And they're one and six straight up without him. Two, four, and one against the spread in those seven. TJ Watt is playing here on Sunday. What do we think is going to happen? Huff, start us off Sunday, 1 p.m. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep things short. I'm wearing the shirt for a reason. I'm excited for the season. I think my boys start the season out one and oh. It's a tight two point spread. I think it's a prime teaser opportunity if you don't like them to win the game outright. You can get them up near a touchdown to 10 points if you have another game that you really like in a teaser. But I'm I'm big in this Steelers team coming into this year. Call it bias, if you will. They were great on their home turf last year. They're great with T.J. Watt on the field, one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're going up against an elite defense. I know that, but I don't know. I don't have too much faith in that Brock Purdy. I want to see it again before I can believe it. Kind of the same thing I have with a lot of these young quarterbacks. I say the same thing with Kenny Pickett, but... Um, I want to see it again with Purdy before I believe it right now. So I'm going Steelers with the money line here um, again, and I like the the teaser opportunity you can get uh, if you get them up around like nine, ten points. This is one of my favorite spreads coming into the year. Um, I like this this 49ers team to roll. I've said it all year long, and I think they're going to do so. I think it might be tight throughout the first first bit, but I don't think that Steelers offense can keep up, especially against the number one ranked defense. Um, eager to see what they can throw at Brock Purdy, but I think Christian McCaffrey is definitely finding the end zone. Love having that on the card. You might see it for me, even if it's a hefty line. If you like doing those touchdown score parlays, love throwing McCaffrey in there, especially in week one. Um, other than that, hard to project some of these receivers like Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel with so many mouths to feed and a very strong Steelers defense, like Huff said. But I like the 49ers to get it done. I like McCaffrey to have his way and get in the back of the end zone in week one. A beak. I think you're probably riding with that McCaffrey pick, huh? Yes. Um, I this game screams under. Two. I was gonna. I was gonna defense. say. I don't mean to cut you off, but before you go there, the other play I wanted to add was the first half under here as well. It's twenty and a half. You will see that on my card. 
Wait, Huff, real quick, before a beat goes, uh, can you buy a half a point on any of these first half plays or no? No. They're just set numbers. That's where that's where you really got to shop the books because, like, DraftKings for the uh, – First half on the the Chiefs Lions game was twenty six and a half, but Fanduel or was twenty six, but Fanduel's twenty six and a half. Uh, that makes that's so huge there. That, so you got you got to pay yeah, attention you to your that, books for these exactly. first half lines. Yeah, I'll be slide on in here with your take on this one. Um, yeah, this great this game screams under two fantastic defenses, two young, you know, not superstar quarterbacks, but they're still young game managers. Week one is always slow. I always um I always like CMC to score, and his receiving props are pretty much money every week last year for me. So I would be taking the CMC receiving catches and yards prop from this game. I actually kind of like the Steelers in this game, and I don't know if I like them enough to take them, but um, Steelers are good on their home field, and Niners coming back with uh, Brock Purdy coming off an injury, you know, he could have a slow start. I also do lean under. Obviously, in this game, you're not gonna you're gonna trust the two defenses to get it done. But I think Pickett's gonna be smothered the entire game. So, um, if Brock Purdy is able to come out slinging like he like he was able to finish off the season last year, then I think the Niners can take care of business. But I can definitely see uh, a bit of a slow start for those Niners as well. So I think it can be a really close game. Um, I guess I lean Steelers, but uh, not gonna have a play on this one. Solid stuff, guys. I'm loving the Steelers this weekend. I mean, 100 different ways. I saw it at plus 118 earlier, now plus 112, so moving the wrong direction for me, but we'll see what happens. The other the other one that I the other one that I saw that I've been saying all summer that I'm taking as well is Fryermuth to score first in this one 14 to 1. Uh Pickett security blanket up the middle. I think we're going to see Big 88 and the the whole stadium getting a nice Muth call. Uh, seven nothing, six nothing Steelers to start this thing out. I'm so ready. I wish I was going. Breakout year for that guy, uh, Pat Fryermuth. The killer P's up there now, not the killer B's. You got Pat Fryermuth, Kenny Pickett, Pickens, and, and George yeah. Pickens. I think they can all break out if the Steelers have any type of success this year. Let's jump into another 1 o'clock matchup here. The Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, the favorite here, minus 3.5 points in their favor. Their money line sitting at minus 186. Panthers money line plus 156. And the total sitting at 39.5. The only trend I got here is five of the Falcons' last six games have gone under, spending there back to last season. Total there, 39.5. What are we thinking here? Who wants to get us going? I think this over-under is weird. Um, for two younger quarterbacks, I kind of expected to see it a little lower. I know it's week one, uh, maybe a 37, 38. I know that's not huge seeing it sitting at 39. I've seen it sitting at 40. Um, that kind of makes me want to stay away from that there. I did originally lean on the Falcons on this game, but that extra hooker on the on the Falcons minus three and a half kind of makes me stay away. So Maybe maybe get the Falcons in a teaser, but again, I I don't really believe in teasing favorites. More the uh, get the underdog with a lot of points. So this is a game I'm probably going to be staying away from. Two teams I want to get a feel for before I'm uh, put my money out there on Bryce Young and uh, Desmond Ritter out there in the NFC South. Yeah, I actually uh, I really like the Falcons in this game. I think uh, I think the Panthers are going to struggle tremendously this year. I think I've said that before. I think Bryce Young is going to have a pretty 
bad uh, first game. And Desmond Ritter's seen seen an NFL game before, so the experience is already there for him to come out a little stronger than Bryce Young. I think it's going to take him a long time to adapt to this NFL speed and seeing over his line because of how short he is. But um, I think the Falcons could take care of uh, take care of business here in this divisional matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited for this Falcons team, too. We kind of blew some smoke up with this team uh, about a week ago when we were covering the NFC South. I don't think they're going to be too strong, no barn burners, but they're going to have their offensive rookie of the year and Bijan Robinson on the field. I'm eager to see what the line is there. I think he might be one of those guys who you could take every week almost. His line's going to get down to Derrick Henry level if he uh, plays to his potential here. But I think him along with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I think they can put up points while the Panthers are going to struggle. And that Falcons defense is rebuilt. With weak uh, offensive options, I think A.J. Terrell, Jeff Okuda finds his own, and uh, Jesse Bates, they're going to have their way. Grady Jarrett on that side of the ball, too. These Falcons, I think, are going to make a little bit of a run in the NFC South this year. They might be pressing for that division, and they're going to start off strong with a win in Week 1. Give me Bijan to get in as well. He's he's already at minus minus to score for to score any time though he's at minus one twenty five on Fanduel. I love that. I feel like it's we're going to be seeing him at dude. minus one ninety minus two ten by the end of the year. It's crazy. He hasn't even played an NFL snap yet, and the hype he's he's getting around him. But let's see if he lives up to it. He seems like an athletic motherfucker. So, yeah, this is one of those games you kind of sit on your couch and fall asleep to. They're both two you know mid franchises, but the I'll just pick the better team talent wise which is the falcons so take the falcons to win on sunday solid stuff boys yeah huff you said it i think uh, a lot of people are thinking the same way as you waiting to see what bryce young can do here in the regular season against these nfl defenses so a lot of people a lot of eyes on that panthers team in week one i bet but let's move forward. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are the favorite here at minus 10, our biggest spread of the week. Their money line, minus 510. Houston Texans money line, plus 390. And the total at 43.5. The trends I have here are double-digit favorites in week one are 25-5 and five straight up in the wildcard era with the biggest upset going to the Texans against the Dolphins as 14-point underdogs in 2003. Next one, the Ravens' last seven home games have gone under the point total. Some interesting trends to think about as we get into this matchup. Texans and Ravens, who wants to get us rolling? Um, Yeah, I mean, for, for people that know how I bet, uh, I'm not ever going to be someone that jumps at a minus 10 spread. Um, it's just too much in the NFL, especially week one, all the unknown. I know this game is in Baltimore. Uh, the unknown that we have coming into this season with the Texans and C.J. Stroud and how young they are, but um, I, I don't know. This is going to be a 10-point a, a spread that I hate. Like, it's the NFL. I could see the Texans backdoor cover it. You guys are all probably going to be on the Ravens and think they hammer this, but um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't love a 10-point spread either way, so this isn't a play you'll be seeing from me, but um, I, I do lean the Texans with the points. I'd rather get them at 17, but the unknown with them is not something I can put my money on. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Huff. This is too high of a spread for me. It's an NFL game, and and I'm a little high on C.J. Stroud. I think he has a pretty good year. Um, I don't see the Texans doing much this year, but a 10-point spread in the NFL. A lot of people are high on, on uh, Lamar Jackson coming back after he signed that big deal and um, coming off that injury. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Ravens, but I don't. I, I just can't get behind a 10-point spread. Yeah, the 10 points is a lot there, and it's definitely something that I'm not going to add on my card as much as I love the Ravens this year. But that's something I'll throw in my locks parlay. You get like that 
that heavy money line. They're like three of them together. Um, might not see it on my card, but I do like the Ravens to get the job done here. I think Lamar Jackson flashes with this new offense. Uh, Mark Andrews will have a day. I think that a team total under on the Houston Texans could play be the play here or an interception um, from Stroud, right? That's Stroud starting down there in Houston this year. Yeah, I, I could see him turning the ball over, whether it be by uh, interception or fumble. One thing you could look into would be a defensive touchdown even. That'd be a crazy play in week one. But I think the Ravens have their way and uh, get this one done. Not expecting too much from this young Texans team. Expect Damian Pierce to actually take a step back in a sophomore slump. Anything on this one, Abik? Like uh, Mackie and Tyler said, the spread's kind of kind of big for an NFL game, minus 10. If you're, if you're going to take a spread in this game, maybe tease this down to you know minus 4. But... I'm not expecting the Texans to fight um, fight in this game, but with the new first-year head coach, they could surprise this year. And D'Amico Ryans was the number, the coordinator of the number one defense last year. So he should be, he'll have his guys ready to at least compete, even if they don't win. But I like the Ravens in this game, minus four, if you go and tease it down. That's a good point. I didn't think about that with D'Amico Ryans, but like I said, so I still have the same with the opinion. I probably won't – you won't see this on my card, but – um, yeah, I, I think just the big spreads, I stay away from anything kind of even like I'm, I'll take the underdog a lot with these big spreads, but never the favorite. Yeah, one thing I will say, a lot of our listeners out there, big Survival League players, this is my pick of the week in the Survival Leagues. I like the Ravens to get the job done against the Texans in week one. You all made some very good points there, Huff. In the Pittsburgh game, you said uh, this is a good game, uh, you know, prime teaser tor- territory. I think this Ravens is a great piece to put with them, uh, or even the Texans, and whichever way you're, you know, feeling, tease it in your favor. But let's jump over to this next matchup: Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Bengals are the favorite here, minus two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus one thirty-six. Browns money line at plus one sixteen, and the total at forty-seven and a half. Trends I got here is Watson is 0-3 straight up and 1-2 against the spread in week one and week one and 2-5 and straight up and against the spread over the first two weeks. Expect a high-scoring affair as eight of the Browns' last nine home openers have gone over the point total. That one's sitting at 47.5 here. Mackie, what are you thinking? You think these Browns are going to be able to do it against the Bengals? Just 2.5 points? What do you think? Yeah, I've voiced my opinion on this a few times, but I do think the Browns get it done this week. You're probably going to see this on my card. I, I'm high on Deshaun Watson. I like the Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper um, duo that they have going on there. You have Miles Garrett on the def- defensive end, probably the best defensive player in the league. Uh, they, they, I think everything's going to click, and I like Deshaun Watson at, at, when he's got a few games under his belt, fresh season. Um, we forget what this guy did just two, three years ago. Probably, actually, two years ago. But um, this Browns team is, is built for uh, success, so I think that they can at least win these divisional games at home. Yeah, Mackie, you're probably the highest I've heard of anybody from Deshaun Watson. I've heard a lot of clamor about him getting back to top 10, maybe even top 5 quarterback form. I personally don't see it. I think years off really killed his athleticism that was carrying him on those runs. Maybe that momentum, too, coming out of Clemson. Carried it right into the Texans, too. He's playing the same style of ball. But, uh, you know, I still don't like them to get the job done this week. I, I like those Bengals a lot. Really high on this team. Um, that, that pass defense for the Browns is really lackluster. 
And it was supposed to be so good with some of these high-end draft picks they've had. But I think guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase will have big days tomorrow. Or Sunday, I should say. Um, I think that Bengals defense, although it's not as good as it was, Trey Hendrickson's going to give you some pressure on the outside. And let's face it, I think they're going to win this game. Stake their claim that they're not pushovers in this division. Joe Burrow's healthy. I think he has a big game, 300-plus and two or three touchdowns, um, showing you he's 100% ready to go. I like the Bengals to get this one. Abik, who are you leaning here? The dogs, or are you rocking with Joe Joe Shiesty? For this game, I'm definitely rocking with the Bengals. Um, I'm not high on the Browns. Deshaun Watson could have a resurgence this year after you know a little six-game warm-up last year. Nick Chubb's probably going to be dominating the the league in rushing yards now that he has nobody to compete for touches with. Um, I like the Bengals, though, in a close seven-point game. All the divisional games are always close. No one ever blows each other out. But um, I like the I like the Bengals big. Yeah, um, the, you guys said a divisional game, and we all know with divisional games, like you said, they're usually a close, uh, sometimes low-scoring games. The one thing I'm looking at here, I like this over 47.5. I think uh, for all the reasons you guys said, I think Joe Burrow has a day, maybe three touchdowns. Um, and then on the other side, I like the Browns to get theirs, maybe two touchdowns and a couple field goals. So uh, I think you could feel, find myself taking this over 47 and a half, uh, which it's kind of against everything I believe in with divisional unders. That's usually a play for me, but um, I, I like both of these teams' offenses coming into this season, and I'm not huge on either team's defense. So um, the the road game, Cincinnati to Cleveland, it's not really too much of a road game for uh, Cincy. So um, I like the over 47 and a half here. Battle of Ohio there, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Lots to look forward to there. Let's jump to our next 1 o'clock matchup. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, the favorites here, minus 6 on the spread. Their money line sitting at minus 255. Buccaneers money line plus 210 in the total at 45.5. The trend I got here is at home, the Vikings feel like the side to back. Considering they've won 15 of their last 16 as favorites, while the Bucs have failed to cover the spread in 14 of their last 16. What are we thinking about this one? Going to be an interesting matchup here in Minnesota. This is the weirdest line of week one. Does anyone else agree? I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with these Vikings, but they're very undervalued this year. Uh, Pesky, plus if you two, will. The defense is in those, the scores of, what was it last year? They had like double digit games that were decided by less than three points or something like that. Yeah, but this is the Buccaneers. I mean, this should be a. I think it should be more of a nine, ten point spread like the Ravens. Vikings were good last year and they didn't really lose much. And uh, we know what those Buccaneers just got themselves into with Baker Mayfield. So they're home. I think they're t- t- they'll take care of business. I think they had a pretty damn good record last year on their home field. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I definitely lean Vikings here. I don't know. It's kind of a sketchy line though. Mackie, let me just come out and say I love the Vikings here. But let me play devil's advocate for a bit because you hate this Buccaneers team. What? You like it too. You do like it's, this team. It's, it has pieces. That's all I'll say. But what's a scenario that the the Buccaneers can have a, win this game? Like Baker Mayfield, he has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Rashad White's a pretty interesting running back. And they have a stud defense and a solid O line. I mean, do you think there's any chance that they can put up a fight this week, or would you take them like I did the Ravens in the Survival League or something like that? Yeah, I don't. I don't see a scenario where the Buccaneers come out on top. 
maybe if it was in Tampa, but I, I don't know. I think Kirk down the down the stretch. I mean, it wasn't a fluke that he won every one possession game last year, or like what was he, ten and one in them or something. Um, guy can get it done, and, and on the other the guy on the other side of the ball, Baker hasn't really proved any of that in his career. So um, maybe I could see like they have the pieces, like you said, they they could put it together to make it a close game to make that spread interesting. But I think it, when it comes down to it, uh, Kirk Cousins is going to get the job done and at least get the W in this game. I learned in the past not to put all my eggs in a basket for Kirk Cousins because I've been burned every single time so far. This Bucks team is really the same. Obviously, you know, quarterback changed, but they got a new offensive coordinator who revived Geno Smith last year. And Baker Mayfield just has to play serviceable not turn the ball over, just get the ball to his playmakers, and um, just not throw interceptions. I'm not saying the Bucs will win on Sunday, but I would say the play might be Bucks plus six. You're asking a lot for Baker Mayfield not to throw an interception. Yeah, I, I agree with Mackie on that there, Beak. That's a tall order, but I do think they can cover that many points. If you tease them, it looks even better, but I love the Vikings this week. I really do. I think they're going to win this division, and they're going to start with a statement win over a weaker team. Um, I, it's, it might be tough sledding to start, but their secondary is not very strong. And who does the Vikings have on that side of the ball? The best wide receiver in the game, Justin Jefferson. He's going to go over 100. He's going to be gritting in the end zone, maybe even twice. So I think this is the Kirk Cousins breakout year as well. I really do. I think he could be a top two or three quarterback in the NFC this season. But, um, yeah, I like Jefferson and the Vikes to get this one done. Yeah, this is a this is a weird line. I don't know uh, that you certainly won't be seeing this one on my card. I don't. I, I think this is trappy written all over it. Uh, kind of like a beak said. Uh, I I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to come out here and shock the world, but um, I I think this Bucks team can keep things close. I'm not. I don't think the Viking. I'm big on this Vikings team as well, but I think their their defense does have their question marks. Their offense as well. We're going to have to see what it, uh, Madison can do stepping in for Dalvin Cook. And obviously, they're going to have two guys on Justin Jefferson the entire time. So we'll see what he can do coming into this year. But uh, I don't think you're going to see it on my card. But I, I lean giving the Bucks more points. Get the Bucks as another teaser team in there. So, um, but I, you won't see that on my card. I do like that in a teaser huff. That's a good option there. Let's keep it going here. Another one o'clock matchup: the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. The Commanders, the favorite here, seven points even. For them, their money line, minus 340. Cardinals money line from plus 275 in the total, 38.5. The trend I have here is the Cardinals have covered their last four season openers. They're sitting at plus seven there. What do we think about that trend? What do we think is going to happen here? One o'clock on Sunday in Washington. All I'm going to say is either the Cardinals or the Buccaneers are going to cover that six or seven point spread. I know it doesn't look right, but one of them is going to cover. Another, yeah, weird spread here this week. Well... Well, one of them is playing the Washington Commanders, so I think the Arizona Cardinals might have the better uh, chance at doing that. But uh, I do like the I, I like the Commanders to win this game at least. I think uh, Josh Dobbs and that Arizona offense is going to have a really tough time moving the ball. I think Washington's defense is pretty good, so uh, they're going to have to go into Washington uh, cross country flight. I I just I don't I don't like a seven point spread for a Washington Commanders team. I I don't think they're good enough for a seven point spread, but. Uh, I do think they get the job done. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Jesse loves those Washington Commanders, that Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, whatever you want to call them. But um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Josh Dobbs going to struggle. James Conner going to get the ball a lot, but you know what's crazy? There's going to be so many people crowding that box every snap. He's going to be suffocated all night long, all day long since it's a 1 o'clock game. But seven points is a lot for a Sam Howell unknown offense. Terry McLaurin battling injuries. I know you got Dotson, and then you got the Gibson, Robinson, Tandem over there as well. But I just think it's going to be a defensive low-scoring game. I don't like the Cardinals to score very many points. I believe Chase Young's back. That defense is going to have a resurgence. He's going to put his name back on the map. And they're going to keep... This defense is going to be the play of the week for any defense. They might put up the most points in any fantasy or whatnot. Seven points a lot to cover. But uh, I think their resurgence starts here. And this is how they'll keep themselves in games going forward. Compete, Not competing in the NFC East, but not being a pushover nonetheless. So I, I don't like them to cover seven. Don't have a play I love here. Maybe an under in the game total or a team total under for the Cardinals. It's already really low. But I think that commander's defense stakes their claim as one of the top units in, in the NFC. I just think it would be so Washington commanders to get a new owner. They're talking about a new team, and then they let Josh Dobbs come in there and not only cover a spread. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I could see them keep this thing close. But um, I, I don't like it either way. Um, not 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 going to be a game I'm watching or betting on on Sunday. So, um, but I definitely lean. Just take the points with the Cardinals. There's way too many people on these Commanders. How good is that receiving core on the Commanders? That two that top duo gets compared to some of the top ones in the league. I mean, if McLaurin and Dotson played with any other quarterbacks, do you know the numbers they would put up? Yeah, they're just going to be overlooked year in year out because they're playing in Washington. You're muted, Mr. Ace. Sam Howell, though, we never know. He was decent in college. Maybe he can pop on the scene. He had a good connection with Scary Terry last year, but I don't know. I'm, the, the book's still out on him, so we'll have to see what how this unfolds as the season comes. What better way to do it than with the Arizona Cardinals defense in front of you, though? All righty. Uh, Beak, did you get your take out on this one? If you have anything. Uh. This game's kind of disgusting. It's not something I would play. Not sure what's going on in Arizona. It's like they're unofficially tanking before the season starts. Like you guys said, the commanders are also really unknown right now. If anybody picks this game, it'd probably be the Cardinals to cover, but not something I'd be betting on in this game. Abik, you think Hollywood, Brown, and Co. are going to cover seven points? I don't even think they can put seven on the board. Probably not with Jonathan Gannon as their head coach. Who's who's Dude, on that defensive side of the ball? Is Buda Baker even playing nowadays? Yeah, yeah Buda Baker's still there. Um, I forget the other linebacker they have that I like, but that's really it. They don't really have much. I know one thing: when eighty-one percent of America is on a spread in the NFL, it usually doesn't hit. Bad news. Minnesota's is ninety percent. Just saying. I'm telling you, one of those is hitting. One of them could win outright. Alrighty, the next matchup here is the Tennessee Titans at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, the favorite here, minus three in favor of the Saints. Their money line at minus 158. The Titans' money line at plus 134. And the over-under sitting at 41.5. The only trend I got here is in his career. Ryan Tannehill's 0-3 against the spread and 1-2 straight up versus the Saints. What do we think's happening in this matchup? One of our last 1 o'clock matchups here. Who wants to get us rolling? This, this is my spread of the week. I, I love the Saints here. I love a minus three. You will see this on my card. Uh, the minus 115 price. I'm taking New Orleans to start things off hot. I'm big on this team coming into this year. 
I'm going to go against the unknown of these Tennessee Titans uh, with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry still there, with Vrabel still there, but a lot of the piece is gone. I'm going with these New Orleans Saints to cover these three points. This is my favorite spread of the week. Huff, how blessed are we to get this at? Just a field goal. Are you kidding me? We're so high on him. Huff and I were jumping on the pod the other day with the guys. I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen. Huff was gassing him up as a dark horse Super Bowl contender. And they are, right? I literally up. talked him into taking him to go to the Super Bowl. They're like, yeah, I guess if we take him, no one else is going to have him. I'm like, you said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and crazier things have happened. With that veteran defense and the landscape of what they have to do this year in the NFC, it's not completely insane to think that the New Orleans Saints with Derek Carr in year one, Kamara shelved for a few weeks, can get the job done. But I really think they can. I think they're going to get this division. I like them to blow them out this week. Jamal Williams, he's getting in the end zone. Somebody get me a line on that. But he led the league in touchdowns last year. He's been all over NFL social media. But I guarantee he gets in this week. I like Olave a lot too. Minus 145 for Jamal Williams. Wow, that's crazy. Hopefully you can shop that and find it a little bit better. But I really, really like that line. Abik, I know you're itching to say something, but one more point I got here. A healthy Michael Thomas with Rashid Shaheen and Chris Olave. That's a great tandem. That side of the ball hasn't been that good for New Orleans in years, and now they have that defense too. I think they're ready. Prime spot to beat that weak, weak team with Derrick Henry. Um, I was telling, thinking about this all summer, but if I look at all four teams in the NFC South, the Saints overall have the better roster from top to bottom. They upgraded at quarterback this this offseason with Derek Carr, who wasn't bad in Las Vegas. He just got a lot of flack for no reason when they were losing games. They'll get Kamara back after three weeks. He's always a dog, as usual. Jamal Williams, they added him. They'll get Slant Boy back. That defense, man, that's it's always been good. And a uh, little fantasy tip. Their schedule's not that great this year, so Saints might win you a league. And I don't like this Tennessee team one bit. Derrick Henry's falling off. DeAndre Hopkins, he's getting up there in age two. There's really a lot of unknown pieces on that team. Tannehill's probably going to get benched midseason probably for Will Levis or Malik Willis. So I think the Saints might blow the Titans out by two touchdowns. You're talking about, oh, God, there's a Hornet on my camera. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about blowout. I think the Saints, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Saints in this game. Um, Derek Carr coming over, obviously, with uh, Jamal Williams in that backfield now as well. Uh, a lot of people are going to be on the Saints. I think it's more of a defensive game. Titans, I mean, you got to be careful with Derek Henry. You know what he can do? He can rip off a 95-yard touchdown out of nowhere, get the offense, get the um, momentum absolutely flipped. Ace is being attacked by a Hornet right now. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't like this enough to put it on my card, but I definitely lean the Saints. They should get the job done. It just seems a little sketchy to me. I think it's the unknown more than sketchy, in my opinion. That's at least how I'm looking at it. Like the Saints weren't world beaters in preseason. I don't think. I think they I think they went two and one, but they were like their defense was questionable. But um, uh, uh, they're they're another team. They're big in the in the Superdome when they're there when they're good. That that home team they have a good home team advantage. So. Um, you know the money not, splits are going to be pretty bad on this one, though. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I think it is a weird line. Like, I agree. Like, I think it should be a little more. Like, let me see what I can find. I think it should be, like, five and a half. Let me pull up. Hold on. 
don't know if this swipe over to Sunday. Right now, 60% of America is on the Titans plus three, and 56 is on the Titans money line. Wow. 40, 54 on the over 41. You think it's because Kamara's not playing? No, because I mean, unless they don't know who the hell Jamal Williams is. <laughs> yeah, I like the Saints here. I like the Saints. Yeah, we'll see how it. Saints could be my Saints could be my New York Giants of last season. That team I just kind of rode their spread every week and kind of take a chance and hope for it. Alrighty, let's keep it moving with our last one o'clock matchup here on Sunday: Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Jaguars are the favorite here, four and a half points in their favor. Their money line sitting at minus two forty. Colts money line at plus one ninety eight. The over-under sitting at 45 and a half. The trends I have here, the Colts have failed to cover the spread in eight straight week one contests and are riding a seven-game losing streak entering this opener. The over is also hitting five of the Colts' last six games. Colts plus four and a half, over-under 45 and a half. Mackie, get us rolling on this last one o'clock matchup. Yeah, the big question is what can Anthony Richardson do in his, uh, in his NFL debut? A lot of people are going to see this line and see and, and think about that Colts team from last year, and they're going to want to see Trevor Lawrence at minus four and a half, and they're going to jump all over it. But you, you, you got to—it's a divisional game. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence going into Indianapolis. You know, we we saw Pat Mahomes go there last year, and he actually lost in week two or week three. So we've seen this, a trap like this before. And you know, Anthony Richardson's an athlete, so he can really get that offense going. They have a good defense. We could definitely see a, a trap line here at four and a half. I kind of like the Colts plus four and a half. I'm right there with you, Mackie. I think this line makes no sense. Uh, this, this, it was, I was a little more confused looking at this one than that Saints one. Um, I, I, I think Anthony Richardson could go down and get the first touchdown of the game in this one with the way the Colts are looking to use him. Shane Steichen coming over from Philly, the former offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts last year, going to the Super Bowl with him. We know what he was able to do with a running quarterback. So. I think the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts is looking to use his new uh, shiny toy, if you will, the fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson. I think uh, a nice little play could be I saw him plus 900 to score first. I like that, and I do like the Colts to cover this spread. I think uh, I think it makes no sense, divisional game. I do lean the under as well, but um, I, I'm going to go with the Colts here. I agree for everything you said. Well, wow, that's crazy because I'm so high on this Jaguars team. I love them minus four this week with the Indianapolis team is so worried about what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. They have a rookie quarterback going up See, against... I don't think they are. I really don't think they are. I think they're think ready. So. They they want him gone at this point. Yeah, but with Zach Moss, he's question mark going in. They don't know who's going to be toting the rock. And alongside a rookie quarterback, that's a stabilizing force. I think that that Jaguars defense is a year better. Anthony Richardson, we think he's going to be running around, but there's a lot of athletic guys on the other side of the ball that were picked in the top three that are out there to stop him. Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, and name a few. I think they're going to have big days. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to eat up that defense. Um, not too big on that Colts defense as, as good as it was a few years ago. Um, I look for Lawrence to have a good game through the air. And uh, welcome back, Calvin Ridley. I think it's going to be a big game in the AFC South. I'm going to take a minus 4 by that half a point, but you might be seeing the Jags on my card. I think Trevor Lawrence, uh, MVP candidate this year, and he's going to start well in week one. That's the one thing that scares me about the Jags. I think Calvin Ridley's really good. Yeah, you have Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, 
Um, I mean, that list goes on and on. That's a good team. Travis Etienne with Hank Bigsby. There's a lot just, of good knee. It takes a lot for me to take a minus spread with a in a divisional game. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too sure that Anthony Richardson's going to be able to solve Doug Peterson's team with all the athleticism they have on that side of the ball. It's a big step up from college. I think he's going to struggle early in year one, especially throwing the ball. What are you thinking about this one, a beak here? Bert, or last one o'clock matchup? As usual, division games are always close, so I'm not going to take a sp- the spread here. But I do want to say, though, that the Jaguars are one of my dark horse um, teams that come out of the AFC. Last year, well, they did lose in the division round to the Chiefs. They had a lot of promise, in my opinion. And with another year with Doug Peterson, I believe Trevor Lawrence might take off from where he ended last year. And honestly, I'll add Trevor Lawrence as a dark horse MVP candidate as well. Not a bad call. Not a bad call. That's going to wrap up all of our 1 o'clock matchups here. Let's jump into some of these uh, 4 o'clock matchups. First one here, heading up to New England, the Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots. The Eagles, the favorite here, minus four. Their money line sitting at minus 205. Patriots money line at plus 172. The over-under at an even 45. Asa Beak, what do you guys think is happening in this one? The uh, trend I got here, the Patriots are enduring a stretch going back to last season where they failed to cover four of their last five spreads. Meanwhile, the Eagles have won seven out of their last eight road games. So big trend there on the Eagles, but can the Patriots pull it off there? Plus four. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the only one to say this is an unbiased take here. I think the Patriots are going to win the game this week. I like them in Tom Brady's homecoming against the Philadelphia Eagles. Super Bowl hangover overlooking this Patriots squad. I think they're going to start 1-0, but our defense is going to show that they're top three, top five, whatever you want to call it. One of the best defenses in the NFL. Mac Jones is going to have a resurgence. It's not going to be in this game, though. A lot of these other guys are going to have hot week ones. He's not going to. This is going to be a grimy, gritty one. But the Patriots, I think, can duke it out up in Gillette. Um, nice that it's not a 1 o'clock game. If so, I think they might get ran. But in the afternoon slate, I think they have a chance. Bill Belichick will be ready. He defends those running quarterbacks very well. We've seen him beat Lamar in New England. Um, I like them in the opening night. On Brady night, you have to get the win. Matthew Judon and co., they're going to get the job done. And we have the cornerbacks that can match up with all of their weapons. So... I'm eager to hear you guys bash the Patriots, but I think they can get it done week one. I like them on the money line. A beak. Let me hear it. I'll start off to saying this. I Eagles fans cry all you want, but I think this is a hot take. But I think they're gonna go down this year. It's last year was a fluke for them. You look at their schedule; they played a bunch of cupcakes, and they really never got challenged, in my opinion. And this year, they're gonna have a way tougher schedule than they did last year. So if I mean they'll prove me wrong, and if they win against the tougher teams this year, then I'll say they're you know they're good, they're actually a good team. But until then, I still think they're a one-hit wonder from last year. And as much as I hate both teams, you can't lose when Tom Brady's in the house. So give me the Patriots money line this week. Let's fucking go! Thank God we have a beak on the pod this week. I'm not being outnumbered here. Let's go. Yeah. Um... I I think the Eagles take care of business. I just I don't. <laughs> I, this is just a, a weird spread. Another weird spread. Four points. I, I think a lot of people are gonna hop on Jalen Hurts and a stacked Eagles team. I don't I don't think the Eagles take a step down, but I don't I don't see them 
running away with this game. I think the Patriots can keep it close. Like you said, they do have a top defense. Matt Judon, top, top five, top six uh, in the game. But uh, I, I don't know. I can't take a, this Patriots team with four points against uh, how good this Eagles team is. Obviously, Bill Belichick, one of the best in the game. A lot comes down to that. But, you know, Nick Sirianni on the other side is up and coming and uh, got to a Super Bowl last year. So I like this Eagles team to at least win the game. Probably not going to touch the spread. Like the Patriots spread. I don't like them to win the game. I think getting four points in a game where Belichick has been preparing for this Eagles offense all season, I think you get a good chance for them to go into Gillette and lose this game by a field goal, and you still win your bet. I love a plus-four spread in the NFL. That's usually one of the ones that I'm all over kind of both ways. I like taking points give, or I like taking points rather than – or giving points rather than taking them. I couldn't get that out. But in this game, it's weird line all over it. I don't know if you'll see it on my card, but I uh, could maybe even tease the Patriots up here for one of those other games I've been talking about to find a nice two- or three-leg teaser. Uh, get the Patriots in there, but and maybe around 10 or 11 points. I like it even more just because that four, like you said, Mackie, it is tight. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the Patriots plus the four. Just cause wow, that's craziness. I didn't expect to hear anybody else on them. I'm thinking it's a good game, and if it's a good game, either team can win in the NFL. A beak on the Patriots. Mackie is a Cowboys fan. All right, let's roll on to the next game. Ace, I just think exact the reason I'm I'm on him is mainly because just the idea of thinking about Belichick watching the one quarterback's film for twelve weeks. I'm like, he knows what the fuck everything this guy's gonna do. Yeah, I just think the d- defensive personnel we have matches up very well. Outside, you have Gonzalez, who's that big corner that can match up with uh, AJ Brown. Now that's the guy we were missing. Jonathan Jones, All Pro cornerback. His speed can keep up with Devontae Smith. Then you have Jack Jones, two guns, beating the Chargers. He's out there as well. You have Kyle Duggar for guys like Dallas Goddard. Um, Judon's going to be getting after on the outside. Josh Uche, breakout season. Uh, they did gonna not be- just pause. Pause. You did not just call him two guns. Yeah, two guns. Jack Jones. Is he, <laughs> no, is he playing? Yeah, he beat the case. All charges yeah, dropped. Yeah. That's why you want Robert Kraft on your side. Um. But yeah, craziness. Happy that it happened in Logan International Airport as well, rather than anywhere else in the country. But, you know, sweep that under the rug. He's ready to go. But that rest of that defense, I mean, Barmore's back from injury. Uche's going to break out. And then the guys they drafted early in the draft this year are going to be really good, I think. Um, offense is going to be a mighty struggle against that team. I like the under here as well. But, Pats, come on. Win this one on the money line. Start it off 1-0. Let's see Mac Jones cook. He's going to get the contract after this year, I'm telling you. The XFL contract, yeah, it's waiting for him. All right, settle down there. Trey Lance will be in by the time we're in Dallas. Good stuff, boys. That is going to be one of the games we will chat about on our live stream Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you turn tune in for that. But let's jump into another 4 o'clock matchup here. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are the favorite here, minus four at home. Their money line, minus 180. Raiders money line at plus 152 in the over-under at an even 44. Trends I got here, Russell Wilson, five and seven straight up at home over the last two seasons. He was 16 and 18 straight up in his first nine seasons in the NFL. Next, the Raiders have won six straight in this. Huff, let's move it over to you. What do you think? Do you think uh, Russ can get it done here at home? Spread minus four. 
Yeah, I, I do, and I know everyone's going to say you're the Ross guy and you like this Broncos team, which is true. I do. I like the moves that they made. I like the, the Sean Payton addition to bring him in. I like how he's bringing in this hard-nosed style of football to this Denver Broncos team. I think that's what they needed after a, a terrible head coach that they had in Nathaniel Hackett last year. Um, I'm seeing all these videos of him. I keep saying it on hard knocks, and I can't even believe that that guy is in an NFL coaching room. But if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he would have a job. But um, that's neither for here nor there. I like what Sean Payton's doing. I think they're ready for this game, a divisional matchup. Again, takes a lot for me to take the points in a divisional matchup with the favorite. I like the Broncos to come out here quick. Javante Williams back in this offense. Russell Wilson under Sean Payton. I love. I I'm a Russ guy, and I liked what Sean Payton said about Russ. He needs to stop worrying about kissing babies in the parking lot. You're here to play football, not run for fucking presidential office. So, I think the Broncos are ready coming into this season. I think it's gonna be a new look Denver Broncos. Yeah, you really gotta ask the question: Was the problem Russell Wilson, or was it Nathaniel Hackett? I think we're gonna figure this out really quick in Week One. Um, they, Dem- Denver has all the weapons. You have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the outside. I like to say Javante Williams uh, in that backfield. Russ just has to get the job done. He has to go back to Seattle, Russ. And um, I think this is a good chance for him to get get his stride back. I'm probably not going to bet on it because it's too many uncertainties and I don't really trust Russ. But I do think that they can get the job done if Russ can get back to playing like he used to. Uh, They're the more superior team, Russ. They're up and down and they're home in a divisional matchup. So I think they can get the job done as long as Russ can screw it on tight. How much of that Denver pack did they give you last year? Because you're still so strong on it. I know it's been legal out there forever, but damn, you've got a lot there. But for once, I'm going to join with you and hop onto the pack, if you will. Um, we'll go with Russell Wilson cooking it up. I think he trained hard coming into this year after a disappointing year, which he hasn't seen in his pro career before. Um, Sean Payton at the helm, that's nice too. But the biggest thing is health. They have a bunch of their guys back. They get those old linemen that they were missing. The defense is back. Javante Williams is here. Um, I know Jerry Judy's not, but you have Cortland Sutton. I'm excited to see how Marvin Mims pans out. Um, so it's Greg Dolchich as well. They have a lot of interesting things to watch. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the 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 uh, the Vegas Raiders. There we go. The Vegas Raiders. I mean, they have Josh Jacobs. He's playing for that money again. But Devontae Adams is going to be finding his hands held wide open, waiting for the ball a lot. I like the Broncos to win this week. I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. I like the under here. I don't think either team puts up more than 20 points, but it's going to be a tight one throughout. It's going to be a sweat if you've got money on it, but I like the Broncos with the better defense here. Give me that tough defense all day long. You win the games in the trenches, and uh, Josh McDaniels, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go for you this season. Tough. Is Judy ruled out? Even if he plays, how many snaps is he seeing? I've seen it's going to be Sutton and Mims featured heavily. Abik, what do you think about this Josh McDaniels offense now featuring Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs? No doubt. Um, is it New England? Is it the Pacific New England Patriots now? Yeah, but Jimmy the light Garoppolo version. Too. This is the this is the free version. It's the uh, Walmart version. I mean, the the Raiders. I don't know. Now they got Chandler Jones holding out too. Uh, who knows for what reason? Is Chandler Jones holding um, out or locked out of the facility? Because we saw he couldn't go into the gym this <laughs> week. I don't know. It's not, something stupid. But now they got that going on. Ja, Josh McDaniels, I think he's on the hot seat this year. If he doesn't, he might get canned again. Besides Chandler Jones year. and Max Crosby off the other edge, I mean, they're going to have to really wreak havoc on Russell Wilson all game if they want to have a chance to win. They're going to have to knock out the ball a couple times, maybe get a pick on that side of the ball. And I don't see that happening. I see that coming from the Broncos against Jimmy G, especially coming off the injured offseason. 
gonna be a slow one, but this divisional matchup will be good. Abik, what do you got here? Um, all year, I mean, not all year, but all spring, everybody was down on Russ, but with the addition of Sean Payton, I truly believe Sean Payton can bring out the former Seattle Russ that we've seen over the past few years, and he can get Russ's form back. And I'm going to take the Denver Broncos over on wins this year. I think it's eight and a half, I think, right now. And I'm fully on the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson train. Ace is current. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Ace just jumped up out of his seat because of something. I hope everything's all right. All right. We're going to keep moving forward here. The next 4 o'clock matchup, we have Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are the favorite here. Minus 5.5 points in Seattle. Their money line, minus 250. Rams money line at plus 205. And the over-under sitting at 45.5. I got some trends here. Under Sean McVay, the Rams are 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread in Week 1. And they've covered by 6.9 points per game. The Rams lost 31-10 to 10 at home versus the Bills last year. The Seahawks are 8-5 straight up, 6-6-1 six, six in openers under Carroll. They won four straight straight up and covered three, three straight straight up. Geno Smith has started three openers. They've all been at home, and he's 3-0 straight up, 2-1 against the spread, despite never scoring 20-plus points in those openers. Curious to hear what you guys got going in this one. Huff, do you want to get us rolling again on this one? The Seahawks, Geno Smith, what are we thinking? Yeah, this is a this is a game I'm probably going to be uh, right now staying away from. Uh, I do lean on the Seahawks to cover this just because I don't know what's going on with Cooper Cup again. I was big on him coming into this year, and I know I was preaching this Rams team to be a dark horse in the in this division, but um, I, just the unknown of what's coming into them uh, this season already, I'm not big about, and I want to get a feel for them before I kind of jump out on them. I do lean the Seahawks, but uh, probably a play you won't see on my card. Yeah, I agree with you here, Huff. Uh, having Cooper Cup is going to be pretty big for those Rams. He's a huge safety blanket. Uh, when broken play, find him across the middle of the field, he ends up getting 40 yards. It happens more than you think. So um, without him, get whole game plan cha- changes. they got to go on the road. If we see anything like G- of Geno like we did last season, I think uh, Seahawks should find a nice cover here. But it's a divisional game. You never know with the with, uh, two teams that just see each other so often, two coaches that know how to coach against each other. So I'm definitely not going to have a play on this, but Seahawks should probably get the job done in a divisional matchup at home. A big ace. What are you guys thinking about this one? A big jump in here first with this uh, divisional matchup. Honestly, I don't know what's going on in the Rams uh, bubble right now. They kind of sold out for a Super Bowl, and now they're facing the consequences. Would Cooper Cup unlikely to play? Look for Tyler Higby to have a big game. And there's this really weird name guy they got, some guy named Puka that everybody's been talking about on the social media spectrum. Puka something. I don't know what his last name is, but Who? he's some receiver they drafted. Yeah, that's Puka exactly shells. what I said. Who? Yeah, Puka no, shells. I don't know. I think uh, I thought there was a 2-2 Atwell maybe. Wasn't he out there? 2-2 two, two, Van. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of mids. Cam Akers leading the show. I'm not too high on him, even though I think he can bounce back more than he was last year. They don't even have uh, Allen Robinson anymore now that I'm thinking about it. He's on the Steelers. Yeah. 
Jesus. Yeah, yeah but no, I, I, I think lean, I think I that Seahawks. Matt Stafford coming off the injury. Cooper Cup news just hitting this team is so much. But if Sean McVay can... <laughs> he is just all over the place. Why doesn't he shut the window? I can see this thing flying around. This, none of this is getting cut. This is all live on air. All right. I yeah, see let's that just thing. Go to look the at it. Game. Holy yeah, moly, that it. thing is a large man. Ace is an invader in his house right now. Ace, grow up. Kill that thing. <laughs> the way he got up out of that chair. All righty. I think we should just keep on moving on here. Next matchup, the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Another 4 o'clock one here. The Bears are the favorite. Minus 1.5 in Chicago. Their money line sitting at minus 118. I hear him yelling. Packers at plus 100 in the total at 42.5. The only trend I got here is each of the Bears' last six home openers have gone under the point total. Again, that point total at 42.5. Mackie, you want to get us rolling on this one here? Bears and Packers. Yeah, I kind of like the Bears here. I know they're going on the road, but I just, I voice my no, opinion. It's in Chicago. It's in Chicago. Oh, is it? Oh, yes. Okay, then change my opinion even more. Um, I like Justin Fields to get the job done at home. I think he's a better quarterback of the two. He's had more experience, obviously, and he showed he can do a lot more than I expected he could last year. Uh, this Bears team has also gotten a little better, and I, I, I just don't trust Jordan Love. Um, no NFL experience going on the road. You're in a divisional matchup. And I, I, I had the Bears winning more games this year than the, than the Packers anyway, so I think they should at least uh, take care of business against them at home. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Well, if you've listened to the show, you know Mackie is the biggest fan of Justin Fields. But Huff, what do you think about this one? I'm also on the Bears in this matchup. Uh, I don't love it, but I do I do think the Bears are on the right side of this game. Um, I'm going to take the Bears to win it. Probably, I don't know if it'll be on my card, but this will be a good matchup to tune into. Two younger quarterbacks. Up there in the NFC North, uh, I'll go with the Bears to win this one. Nice, nice, Abik. What are you thinking about this one here? Um, survive. My survival pick of the week is the Packers, and I truly believe, even though the quarterback is average now with the loss of Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay defense will force Justin Fields into a few turnovers, and the Packers will convert into some touchdowns. I will be taking the Packers money line at plus one hundred. Yeah, I certainly don't hate that. It's not too I guess bad. I just want to see Jordan Love before I bet on him kind of thing. I don't know. Mm, no, it's fair. Let's wrap up these 4 o'clock matchups here. The Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, the favorite here, minus 3 in L.A. Their money line at minus 164. Dolphins money line at plus 138. And the total at 50.5. How about taking... I don't have any trends on this one. What are you guys thinking? What's that? What was that, Mackie? Huff, who am I taking? I want to say you like Miami. Yeah, bro. Come on. You know how I feel about Justin Herbert. Nah, I'm, I'm kidding. It shouldn't be a game like that. Um, I do like Miami, though. Uh, I like Tua to go on the road and get a nice win here. This is going to be a good game for uh, Brandon Staley and, and, uh, and Justin Herbert. See if they can get the job done against a really good, highly anticipated Dolphins team. Dolphins have a lot of weapons, and... We're going to see a lot of fast-paced offense in this game. Definitely leaning over here as well, but uh see a lot of people leaning in over here. So 
have to look into that a little more, but I do lean Miami definitely. Yeah, this is definitely one of the games I'm I'm very excited to see this week. Uh, two of the quarterbacks that I'm really excited and big on coming into this year with Tua and Herbert. Um, I I don't know. I think I'm on the Chargers. I like them at home. I don't. They've killed me so many times before, but uh, this is one I don't know. I'm, I I kind of said the same thing. I re- initially just look at this game and think over, but I think a lot of people are thinking the same way. Uh, it could be a hot. What's the number set at? Probably, if I had to guess, like 50 probably. For the game? 50 and a half? I don't hate that. Mm, I like the I over. Hate I like the over. 50 and a half. I like the this over. This is easily a 28-27 type game. That's what I'm, I think a lot of people are going to think that. I think this is one of those ones I think it's just like, it's so in front of me, I have to take it. I'll take it. Over 50 and a half. I lean chargers. Abik, what's your take? I'm taking the chargers here, but... I like Miami to make some noise. Well, at least until Jalen Ramsey tore his knee, knee up. But I'm um, with the, the addition of Vic Fangio, who's always been a great defensive coordinator, I'm expecting Miami defense to be dominant this year. But in a tough test in L.A., I like the Chargers. In a close game, which we were robbed of last year in the regular season, by a field goal. Take the over. Solid stuff there, boys. That's going to wrap up our four and four thirty matchups there on Sunday. Let's jump into our primetime game on Sunday: the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Another game that we'll be chatting about on our live stream Sunday morning. Cowboys are the favorite here, three and a half points in their favor. Their money line sitting at minus one eighty. Giants money line sitting at plus one fifty two. In the over under sitting at forty six and a half. The trends I got going here: Daniel Jones is zero and four straight up at home in primetime. Dallas twice, Tampa Bay once, Pittsburgh once. He's 1-10 straight up, 5-6 against the spread in prime time in his career. Next one, the Cowboys have won 11 of their last 12 against the Giants. Mackey, you're the representative. I've been very excited to talk about this game. I'm even more excited for our live stream. I have just some funny things to say to you. But this is your game. Like, your Cowboys, your New York Giants. What are we thinking? Do they cover that three and a half? Uh, yeah, you guys know I'm the, I'm pretty real on this Cowboys team. I, I I say it how it is, but I mean Dak Prescott has not lost to the Giants in 2,000 days since his rookie season in 2016. Uh, he owns this division. Even last year, I think he went five. We went five and one in the division, and he didn't play that Eagles game where they lost. He year in year out, if he's healthy, he wins divisional games. And starting the season, I I think I really do think we cover a spread here. I think Giants are getting a little too much hype uh, coming into this season. I think I, I like Daniel Jones. I'm not going to say I don't, but the roster just doesn't match up. We got we got to see what uh, that offensive line can really hold. I know you got Saquon in the backfield, but we saw even his rookie season. He didn't do very much his, his rookie season because the line was so bad. So uh, if that line can hold up with that Dallas um, rushers, it's going to be tough. But uh, I, I like the Cowboys to definitely cover three and a half here. Yeah, Mackie, I'm right there with you. I'm going to buy that half a point just to make it safe, but I love these Cowboys this year. I think they can be one of the best teams in the NFC, second best behind the Niners. I think they can win that division, which is crazy considering how much talent the Eagles have, but you buy that half a point, especially on Sunday night football, especially in a divisional matchup against the Giants where things go awry, but I love Dak and the boys, especially with how good that defense is nowadays. I think that Giants run last year was a fluke. You guys know I always hate on them. I like Dayball, but that's about it. 
I think the Dallas defense slams the door shut and they get this win on Sunday Night Football in a resounding fashion. A beak. Let me hear what you think about this one. Former Giants fan. <laughs> um, although the Giants made the playoffs last year, kind of the same scenario. The NFC East all played a bunch of easy cupcakes. So I'm very interested to see if they can continue that momentum this year against tougher competition. As I believe they play six or seven playoff teams this upcoming season. As I hate the Cowboys, but between but between me, I'm going to say the Giants pulled the upset on Sunday. Um, Dak's going to throw do as usual, throw two, maybe three picks as usual. Um, and I like Darren Waller scoring his debut. Well, I'm not too sold on that Darren Waller signing. That's pretty crazy to me that you're high on it. But week one might be the time before he's hurt. Um, but I think with so many question marks on that receiving side for the Giants, I don't know how they're going to keep up with Dallas, especially with the defense in front of them. Huff, who are you taking this one? you with Mackey's Cowboys and that three-point spread? I feel the same way I feel about this one, about that Saints spread. Uh, this is up there with one of my favorite games of the week. I'm very excited to take the Cowboys minus the three and a half here. I think the Cowboys have their way with the Giants here. I think, kind of like Ace and Mackey said, I think there's a lot of hype coming into this season with the Giants. Can they do it again? Can Daniel Jones do it? What's Saquon Barkley going to do with Daniel Jones, both off these fresh contracts? I don't know. I think Dable, like Mac, or like A said, Dable's a great coach. I like Martindale as the defensive coordinator. I like the addition they just made with Isaiah Simmons. I don't know how much of a impact he's going to have on Sunday night, but Kayvon Thibodeau's out there on the other side of the ball. But I, I think Dak Prescott comes out and makes a statement here. I think Pollard gets in. I think CeeDee Lamb gets in. And uh, Mackie, you know Dak loves his tight ends. I'm, I might have to sprinkle a, a little bit of a Ferguson anytime touchdown there. Maybe not first yet. I got to prove that he goes to him first. But I don't um, know. The the price you can get on Ferguson, you cashed it with Schultz last year. Get it while you can now. Dude, yeah, true. Ferguson's going to be like plus 20. Let me look at that right now. Ferguson will probably be like plus 2,500. But I do love the Cowboys here. I I, I think Amer- I think America's team comes out week one Sunday Night Football and puts a statement out there and gives everyone a reason to think that the, that this team could win this division. Um, I'm going to take a look here. What are these first touchdown? While, while you look that up, Huff, this, this Cowboys team has a new look too. I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a really big year. He's a solid receiver. I think he's put up over 1,000 on every single team, and he's a journeyman wide receiver. No matter who he plays with, he gets the job done. Especially with Michael Gallup allowing him to be that three as he comes into his own kind of a shaky year with injuries and whatnot. But with Lamb, Hooks, and Gallup, that's a, that's a talented group. I think that uh, Ferguson steps up. I'm eager to see what Pollard has, Deuce Vaughn as well, that great old line. But Michael Parsons is going to wreak havoc in his Defensive Player of the Year campaign right here. Week one in divisional game, Sunday Night Football, primetime lights. Number 11 is going to get his. I'm eager to see what the sack lines are. I know I put some on last year for him. Might be doing that again here. So far, if I'm 19-1 to 1 on DraftKings and FanDuel, I'm trying to see if I can get it over plus 2,000. Uh, you got to take it if it's over plus 2,000. Yeah, I want it so time. bad to be just plus 2,000. I'm seeing what MGM has right now. Players, player touchdowns. Plus 2,000. <laughs> no, come on. It's a sign. It was always. take it. Boys, good. It's going to be a great Sunday night football matchup there. Cowboys and Giants. I know Mackie's excited. I think it's just going to be a good matchup overall. But let's jump into this Monday night football action. The Bills and the Jets. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. The Bills, the favorite here, minus two and a half. Their money line sitting at minus 136. 
Jets money line at plus 116 in the total at 46 and a half points. The trends I got here is since 2003, the Bills are 14 and 6 against the spread in week one games, the most profitable team in the NFL against the spread. And seven of the Bills' last eight road games have surprisingly gone under. 46.5 is that total. 2.5 in the, the, for the, as the spread for the Bills in favor of the Bills. Abik, why don't you get us rolling on this one? Oh, man, I've been waiting. <laughs> I had placed a future on the Jets back in, I'd say, early March when the rumors about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets had started circulating. And then when he announced it, that he was going to the Jets, I believed it was somewhere in the 2000s, I believe, early March. And then I um, dropped down to 1800. But I have that open right now as a Jet, Jets to win the Super Bowl at plus 1800. And I'm really, for some reason, I'm really high on this Jets team that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a comeback year with all these young guys. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl in that tough A. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl and make it out of the AFC, but they won't be the same old Jets that you go up there and beat them 31 to 3 and play your second stringers in the second half. A beak. I like them um, to win the game on Monday. A beak. I'm here to tell you, you are wrong. Thank you for coming on our podcast, but you're wrong. The Buffalo Bills are going to show why they're disrespected, especially in our power rankings. I'm not high on them to win the division, but they're going to play great Monday night. Josh Allen, he's on the up and up. Aaron Rodgers, he's on the downfall. I think Stefan Diggs is going to have his way. Sauce Gardner, most overrated guy in the league right now. Um, I think they're going to come in the bottom of the division this year, those New York Jets. Everything's going to go wrong that can go wrong. I'm taking the Bills on Monday Night Football, and I think Josh Allen's going to have a great game. Uh, I think that's where New England's going to be staying. They're tough to, tough to say that one for you. I don't know. When you're New thinking England's they beat the fire. Eagles, they have high hopes of beat. Don't eat those words. But I like the Bills New England's Monday gonna night. Be, New England's going to be at the bottom of the division this year. Abik, who, do you, who are you even a fan of? Tom Brady's not in the league anymore. I'm just saying, New England's going to be at the bottom of the division. No comment. Let that be known. All right, Mackie, let me hear what you have to say about this Bills-Jets game. Uh, New York guy, but not a New York fan. So eager to hear your perspective. Yeah, I'm really just sick of everyone talking about those Jets. I, I mean, being, being from New York, I hear it left and right. Most of them say they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Some of them are a little more real than that. But um, I, I do kind of like them tonight or Monday night. I, I like them to get the job. I like them to get the job done. They're at home. They're playing against Josh Josh Allen. I, I mean, Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over, and that's top three defense in the league. Uh, we're going to see him make mistakes. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Um, Josh Allen's going to get his. Stephon Diggs is going to get his. It's a divisional game, but I I, I see it more as a, as a fast-paced uh, offensive game. But I think the Jets can definitely get the job done. They're on their home field, so winning divisional games at, on your home field is huge. It's definitely not going to be a rollover. So I, I, I lean Jets. I'm probably not going to take it, but I think that they can get the job done. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is playing football like he wants to play football again. I agree. I just, I Aaron Rodgers looks like he's back in the form where I don't feel comfortable betting against him. Uh, getting him as a two and a half point underdog in the prime time on his new home turf. Uh, I know it's not necessarily is where he's been for the past twenty years, but I, I'm buying what this Jets team is selling at least till they prove me wrong. I like this matchup for them in Week One. They get a tough matchup Week One. We're really gonna see what they're capable of. I'm not gonna overreact too much if they win this game because obviously it is a home game in the prime time. 
only a two and a half point spread. So um, obviously Vegas likes likes the Jets' chances to hang around in this one till late. But um, I, I'm going to take my chances here on these New York Jets to win this game Monday night. I like this. Yeah, and the one thing that I have to note though is Josh Allen, widely considered second or third best quarterback in the league in that top three echelon. Do you guys remember when we did our quarterback rankings? Not a peep for Aaron Rodgers. Not a peep. You have Dalvin Cook, oft injured. Brees Hall coming off the injury. O-line questions. Mekhi Becton, is he really any good? Uh, Garrett Wilson's really only consistent on that offense. I, I'd like Josh Allen to put up big numbers and get that disrespect off their back. They're, they're the second best team in the AFC, so, but regarded by some, not by us, but regarded by some, and I think they want to reclaim that. Especially after a tough ending to the playoffs last year. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not sold on these Jets. I'll see what I go with come Monday, but right now I'm, I'm definitely leaning on the Jets. Love this matchup yeah. though on Monday Night Football. Great game to start us off in the prime time here. We also saw how Josh Allen started that season last year in that Thursday Night Football spot. I absolutely tore up the defending champion Rams, so you could definitely see some of that again. This could be an over game actually in the prime time. So Even though saying, those yeah. both those defenses are really good, though it's such Division- a that's such a good matchup. Divisional primetime over. I don't know. I lean, I lean I like Tyler it. Bass. I lean Tyler Bass in this game to cover that three. Alrighty, boys. That just about does it for our NFL Week One matchups. That's our Monday night matchup. Got lots to look forward to as we get closer and closer to this week. Our first matchup here Thursday night tomorrow, eight p.m. Our live stream on Sunday at 10 a.m., followed by the 1, the 4, and the 8 p.m. matchups. Lots to look forward to, boys. Anything else to add before we uh, continue on to college football? All righty, let's jump into some of these season awards before we move on to college football. First one here, the NFL regular season MVP. What do you guys got for this one? We got Mahomes at plus 600, followed by Josh Allen plus 700, Burrow plus 700, Herbert plus 900, Hurts 1200 and Aaron Rodgers plus 1600. I'm on Justin Herbert here. I like the value on Justin Herbert. Uh, I usually don't take one of the top three guys with a bet like this and not getting too much value on a guy. I mean, obviously, Mahomes is Mahomes. You're getting value on him at any number you take, in my opinion. But um, out of the out of the big three, I, I, give me Justin Herbert plus nine. Love your take on Mahomes. Love your take on Mahomes there, Huff. Always getting great value when you see a plus nine sign near that guy's name. But I'm going to go with a long shot here. Jesse, you might need you to get me the odds on this guy. But Trevor Lawrence is my pick. Huff alluded to it earlier in the podcast, but I love him this year with that receiving core. Plus 1,600 there tied with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Dak and Tua great, and Lamar. Great value there. My, my dark horses, I like going with the dark horses in these long shot awards. I like Lawrence, I like Tua, and I like Kirk Cousins in that order. One, two, three. Those are three that I'd be looking to throw on. Russell Wilson. Yeah, my long shot here is going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers. We, I mean, two years ago he was uh, he was an MVP on that on that Green Bay Packers team. He's going over. He's playing good good football again. He's happy again. And he's got a lot of the weapons that he had over in in uh, Green Bay as well with Garrett Wilson as well. So uh, in a high high fast paced offense, we can see one of the best regular season players of all time uh, take over another MVP trophy. Beak, who's your pick for the uh, MVP this season? I don't know why, but Lamar Jackson, fresh off a uh, contract. Love that pick. Um, contract extension. He's got a new OC. He's got OBJ, Zay Flowers, Andrews. He's got. He's just got a new offense to play around in that's not going to limit him. 
I really like him to win MVP again. I know nobody's really talking about it. Everybody's talking about Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. But watch for Lamar to make some noise in the AFC. Plus 1,600 there for Lamar as well. Let's move forward to this Offensive Player of the Year. Jamar Chase leading the board at plus 1,100, followed by Justin Jefferson plus 1,400, Christian McCaffrey plus 1,400, Nick Chubb plus 1,800, Tyreek Hill plus 2,000, and Lamar plus 2,200. If I've noticed one thing with this award throughout my career of betting on the NFL, the favorite usually wins it, so just give me Jamar Chase here with the the plus whatever, 1,100. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson here. I don't see him losing that title as best receiver in the league. Most impactful non-quarterback, in my opinion. This is an award they love to toss around, though. They don't like to give the same guy this award. But I think just the way that it sets up, in the NFC North with the receiving lack of receiving options behind them as well. I just see Justin Jefferson to eclipse what he did last year and uh, take that word home again. I like McCaffrey. I like him in that fast-paced offense with that stellar defense. He's going to be on the field a ton uh, playing in that, in that pretty weak NFC West conference. I like, I like McCaffrey. Love that pick. Just health concerns naturally for him, but if he can stay on the field, I could see that for two for sure, Mac. He's going to be Focal point of throwing and running game. First overall pick in my league. What about you, Abik? What are you thinking for offensive player of the year? Nice. Not bad, not bad. Defensive player of the year is up next. Micah Parsons leading the board, plus 450. Miles Garrett, plus 600. TJ Watt, plus 800. Nick Bosa, plus 1200. Aaron Donald, plus 2000. And uh, Amon Gardner. Plus 2,000. Ace, get us rolling on this one. I've said it all year long. I said it last year. I'm going to ride with it again this year. He's the odds-on favorite. Michael Parsons is going to get a deep boy sooner or later. I think this is the year when the Cowboys win their division is when Michael Parsons wins the deep boy. Yeah, feed me Parsons as well. This is... Go ahead, Abik. I'll second that as well. Michael Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, a little bias here, but definitely feed me that as well. This is breakout year. Everyone's anticipating it, and you can't stop the man. Uh, third year in, so got a lot of, got a lot under his belt. This is his year. Yeah, I'm going to take the guy's jersey I'm wearing. Bar, I know you're going to say it's a homer pick, but barring injuries, this guy could have potentially three defensive players a year, of the year in his whole career so far. So uh, I'm going to take the chance with the, with the health with him, and I'll take the plus 800. Who's a riskier pick with health concerns, CMC for the offensive player of the year or TJ Watt for defensive player of the year? I'd agree. I'd probably say CMC too. Just because the of riskier? The usage. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. Next one up is the offensive rookie of the year. Bijan Robinson plus 300, followed by Bryce Young at plus 450. Anthony Richardson plus 700. Jamar Gibbs at plus 900. CJ Stroud plus 1,000. And Zay Flowers plus 1,600. Top six there. Who do we see coming out as the offensive rookie of the year this season? When you read those names, it sounds more wide open than it is because I thought it would be consensus Bijan across the board. I'm still going to say it. You get good value there. But Gibbs and then those flashy receivers that could pop off. I don't like Anthony Richardson. He's not going to win enough games. But give me Bijan. He's going to be a focal point. I think Bijan is going to win it as well. But I do like the value in Anthony Richardson. I think he's in the best uh, offense out of those quarterbacks that can actually win games. And, uh, you know, a quarterback controls the game so you he's in the plays the most so if he's playing just as well as Bijan Robinson you're going to give it to the quarterback 10 out of 10 times 
Uh, I do like Bijan to win it, but I just think the value is there for Anthony Richardson. I couldn't agree more with what Mackie just said. That is exactly what I was going to say. Thanks, Huff. <laughs> Ride the QB value. Abik, you got to pick on the O'Roy or are you riding with Bijan? I'm going to go uh, Gibbs, Jameer. Plus 900. That's a crazy number, especially with the. Well, the I've been hearing they're trying to use him. They're going to try and use him like Kamara, so I'm very high on I that. Him, I already bet him first team touchdown score tomorrow night for Detroit. David Montgomery just scares me at the beginning of the year, but yeah, you're, you're right. That, that pass is in a committee. Nice. I know. It was good value. That's why I took it. And because exactly what Abik said, I think, they're, I think they want to use him a lot. Especially through the air. Develop him. Alrighty, boys. Another one here. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Will Anderson at plus 430 to lead the board. Jalen Carter plus 550. Tyree Wilson at plus 1100. Christian Gonzalez at plus 1400. Emmanuel Forbes at plus 1600. And Jack Campbell also plus 1600. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Abik, why don't you get us rolling on this one? This is so wide open, but I think it's going to be Will Anderson the most. I just think D'Amico Ryans is going to have him playing like a dog in that system in Houston. Yeah, I, I like that pick. The The one that I'm going to go with, and it is scary for the for the usage reasons, but there's been a lot of injuries there, is Jalen Carter up in Philly. I like the plus 550 number you get with him. And another one I like is a crazy value pick. It's t- plus 2,500 is Will McDonald the fourth on the Jets. I've uh, been watching him in hard knocks. I started looking up some of his tape. That dude's a stud, and I think he's going to be a – a pretty underused piece for the Jets, but when he gets in there, I could see him adding a, a much-needed spark to that defensive line where they don't necessarily have too many names. Yeah, I'm going to go with a homer pick here. Had to get one in. I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez. He's going to be the best rookie cornerback in his class, and he has the size and skills to be a high-end corner and uh, do what Sawstock Gardner did last year. Great odds there. Give me the young, single-digit-wearing corner in New England. He's going to play a lot of snaps for Bill Belichick and match up with names like Hill, Diggs, Brown in week one. So he'll have the table set for him. I think he's going to eat. Yeah, I like Will Anderson as well. Third overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, guy's an absolute beast. I mean, he's just down in te- in uh, Houston, so they don't really have much going on down there. But it just makes his name pop even more. So uh, I know short odds, but I'd, this is probably who I would go with. Alrighty, our last season award here is the Comeback Player of the Year, DeMar Hamlin leading the board by, Hamlin. by a lot, minus 350. Need I say more? Uh, he, he, if he plays a snap, he's automatically going to win it. That's, yeah, exactly. Might as well just oh, give talked about the, We've talked about this. Just, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Let's transition. I'd love to see Russ be in the running for this because I truly think if DeMar Hamlin didn't die, this is Russell Wilson's award to win this year. But, I mean, can't do anything about it. Good stuff there, boys. Our season awards and our NFL Week 1 matchups are complete. Let's talk about some college football here real quick before we get on our way into NFL Week 1. Week 1 of college football did not disappoint. We had upsets all across the board. The Saturday State slate started out with Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes heading into TCU to take on the number 17 ranked Horned Frogs. Uh, I don't know how to say that. Shadir. Shadir Sanders threw for a school record 510 yards four touchdowns in the week one upset Colorado came into the game as a 20 and a half point underdog I'm curious boys are we buying into the Dion effect in Boulder 
the dogs and the leaders. What are we thinking, Mackie? Start us off. Yeah, I'll be the first one to say I underestimated the fuck out of this team. And I think a lot of, a lot of other people did, did too. I had a few people text me before the game. They were like, should we take Colorado plus 21? And I was like, nah, I wouldn't. Too many people are on it. There's too much hype around them. But these guys are ballers. That interception by Travis Hunter was one of the, maybe one of the most athletic plays, high IQ plays I've ever seen out of a college football player. Um, they they know how to play, and, and they have prime time leading the way over there. And I think they're ranked 22nd now after uh, projected three and a half wins and their over-under win total. So I think this team just flipped crazy. I do like this team to uh, be in the running for at least top three, top two uh, Pac-12 finish. I don't know. But this team is good. They have ballers on that team. Yeah, and obviously Shador Sanders at the at the helm come in. Everyone was saying, oh, he's an HBCU quarterback. What's he going to do in the Big 12 against a, the defending national ch- or the runner-up national champions, TCU Horn Frogs? A team that got blown out by Georgia. We thought, you know, they ha- they weren't even involved in that game in Georgia. That was a good TCU team. They did lose a lot of pieces, though. They come home in their season opener against an un- unranked Colorado. Like you said, not a lot of people knew what to expect. They were buying into the Dion effect because of what we've seen on TV, what we've seen on social media from Dion. Just, I mean, I'm the biggest Dion guy out there. I love what he's done. I love what he's done to Colorado with this program. I did not bet on Colorado in this game for that reason. The public was all over it. I do think Colorado is going to be public, the public's team this year. I, But this is the one team where I'm not even going to look at how the money is split with their games. I'm truly going to go with how I feel my heart is and how this team is going to play. They have a big game this week against Nebraska, a Nebraska team that just lost a game to Minnesota that I thought Nebraska was going to win that game the whole t- whole time, and they just end up blowing it away to Minnesota. I think this Colorado team starts out 3-0. and Their season starts week four in Eugene when they get Oregon. Oregon had a big matchup week one. They put up 81 points on a fucking cupcake of a matchup, but I everyone's pick is Oregon and USC. I think Colorado, I'm fully in on this Colorado team, and I think their season starts week four where they're going to be a big underdog in Eugene, and I think they could shock the world and beat the Oregon Ducks. All I know is that speech that Prime gave the other day was electric, and that's definitely why they went out there and won the game. I mean, Hoff, you said it best with that with that take. What did you say today? That's gonna get even more recruits to his program. That was kind of crazy. Is once pe- like people you, the way transfer portal is now, you can leave Alabama and go straight to Colorado and play Saturday. Huff, you think Colorado's gonna go into Eugene and beat Oregon? Dude, I, I'm telling you, I think I think Shadur Sanders is a lot better than people think he is. I hundred percent agree. But dude, going into that atmosphere against that team, they're powerhouse this year. Bo Nix is. Not the same Bo Nix that he was at Auburn. I'm not. See, I'm not big. Wait, I'm not so that's that's his I son, Shadur Sanders, right? Yeah. And he has two. And he has Shiloh on the defensive side of the ball, playing corner, number twenty-one. Wow, that's cool. The corners are Shiloh and Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter. Jesus Christ, that guy's nuts. He's a freak athlete. That interception. And then he's was the, and then he's the, the top receiver too. <laughs> that IQ is ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say about this game. I kind of gave my opinion that that they're electric. They're must see TV every week. Alrighty, this next one, an electric matchup, number eight, Florida State took down number five LSU on Sunday night in the Camping World kickoff. Forty-five to twenty-four was the score. Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis threw for three hundred forty-two yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. But it was the Michigan State transfer Keon Coleman who stole the show, getting nine receptions, one hundred twenty-two yards. And three touchdowns in his Seminole debut. Debut. Can Florida State represent the ACC this year and get into the college football playoff? 
just an electric game overall. I had a buddy that kept telling kept telling me live take Florida or you know live take sport, Florida spread all over the place. Solid game, lots of fun to watch, a lot of back and forth, and Florida ended up on top there at the end. What are you guys thinking about this matchup here? In I was all over Florida State in this matchup. Uh, as soon as I saw this last week, I loved them as an underdog in this matchup. The number eight versus number five, we saw what Florida State was able to do to LSU last year, uh, and they did it again to him this year in a much bigger fashion. I'm big on Jordan Travis. I was not huge on Jordan. Uh, What's his name? Jalen Daniels coming into Jayden. this year. I'm not big on Brian Kelly as a head coach, and that's exact. I think he got what he deserved talking all that shit about Florida State. And uh, Florida State, yes, they can represent the ACC in the college football playoff this year. I, I don't know exactly what their schedule looks like, but they have a really fucking good team. Now that they're number four, I don't know. It's going to take a lot for them to slide out of there. I know Ohio State's now right on their ass. Penn State's sitting there at seven after a big win and cover, but I don't know. I really like this Florida State team. Yeah, I definitely I don't I don't know if I underestimated this Florida State team, but I, I was on the other side of this one and and I definitely regret it. Um it's 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 uh it's Brian Kelly over there. He can't win a top ten top ten matchup. I like Jaden Daniels. I don't really think he even ha- had that bad of a game. You see the athleticism in him, but I they just couldn't figure it out in the second half and a lot of that has to do with the go- coaching game plan. Uh it's college football, it's all coach ran. Not much audibles being thrown out. They don't they don't really have that that uh that free willingness that they do in the NFL. So a lot of that is ran by the coach and they got blown out. What was it? 28 straight points in the second half. They're up 17, yeah, the second 14 half is all Florida state. And dude, I was at that. I was at my cousin's wedding. I remember seeing a text from you. LSU looks like the better team through first half, but the second half could go anywhere. And it, it went anywhere. Dude, it was crazy. Right. If you watch the first half, I mean, LSU had, m- I didn't watch also- any of the game. I just told, I texted you in the morning. I liked Florida state. We had our little back and forth about why we liked who we liked. And then I went to that wedding. I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I mean they were they were doing fine. They were controlling pace of play. They had a few uh, red zones. Uh, they got they went for it on fourth down a few times. And the red zone didn't get it. Changed the whole momentum of the game. But I don't know what Brian Kelly did at halftime. But he changed the whole game plan. Florida State just absolutely put the <clears throat> put their foot down and absolutely took off in that second half. It wasn't even a game anymore. But uh, Florida State, I think, will represent the ACC in the in the college football playoff this year. This team is. Legit and Travis or Jordan Hunter is definitely or Jordan, Tra- Jordan Travis. Sorry, Jordan Travis is definitely uh, the real deal. Alrighty, boys, and our uh, the other matchup that we want to review here: the unranked Duke takes down number nine Clemson, twenty-eight to seven Monday night as a thirteen-point underdog. Clemson struggled to get things going. And Duke wasn't going to let the opportunity slip away from them. QB Riley Leonard. Led the way as the Blue Devils got their first week one win against an, a ranked opponent in program history. What does this mean for De, uh, Debo and Clemson this year? Their coach. Is Debo on yeah, the hot I, seat? I wouldn't say hot seat just because he's built something down there in Clemson. I think it's uh, with the national championships that he's gotten. I think he stays, but um, not a good look for Clemson. You start this thing out uh, in in Durham against Duke. I know it's the prime time, but you you know you're a thirteen and a half point underdog. You you don't have to cover this spread, but you have to win this game if you're Clemson. And they go in and they let Duke just have their way with them, twenty eight to seven. I know Clemson had the lead seven to six. They got the first touchdown, and uh, Duke looked like they were just going to be kicking field goals the whole game. But that second half, Clemson could knock it in the end zone. The turnovers, the fumbles, the interceptions, however you want to put it, they just could not get, punch that ball in. And Duke was like I said, like Jesse said, they just weren't going to let that opportunity get away from them and. 
Uh, props to them for getting the job done because I'm not a Clemson guy. I'm glad I did not pick them to win the ACC. Florida State was the team that I said, so I'm looking pretty good, all right, in uh, in college ball so far. So, uh, yeah, not a Clemson guy, so like to see them uh, slip up early. Yeah, nice that we were all over the under on this one. Not a lot of scoring. Um, Clemson scored one touchdown this game, and it was because Duke muffed a punt on the 20-yard line, and, and Clemson found a way to get into the Put end him zone. in the red zone. Only put him in 20 yards. That offense just couldn't do anything. Cade Klubnick, not, he was a top, I think he was a top five candidate for uh, Heisman this year. Guy didn't even, he did absolutely nothing. He got no momentum against a Duke team that really had no promise coming into the season. Probably not one of the better defenses in, in college football. And they can't even go down the field. No, ranked number ninth in the country. Um, this is not a good look for Clemson at all. Uh, I think Dabo could be on the hot seat after a bad year last year, too. So... Uh, a lot going, at, a lot going on down in Clemson. Huge win for Duke. I think Duke could be somebody uh, to fear this year. Lots of good stuff there, boys. Let's run through these uh, the AP top ten rankings coming into this week. Number ten, we have Notre Dame. Number nine, Tennessee. Eight, Washington. Seven, Penn State. Six, Southern Cal. Five, Ohio State. Four, Florida State. Three Alabama, two Michigan, and one Georgia. A little bit of movement there coming into this week. Any comment on that, Ace or Huff and Mackey? I like this. I like this top ten. I think uh, Florida State definitely has some big schools chasing them down and uh, the out there in the Pac-12 with USC. I don't necessarily think USC is too legit. I think they do slip up sooner or later. But anytime you got Ohio State, I'm big on this Penn State team, and as well as Washington out there in the Pac-12. They're not going to be any slouch, but. Uh, it's another team that we had on the card this past week, but Joe Milton down there in Tennessee, the pa- the top 10 this year is loaded. Uh, really, it's kind of anyone's game, but I mean, Georgia, <clears throat> excuse me, Georgia looked pretty unstoppable. Michigan, Mackey, we had them in the first half off the card on the spread. Uh, minus 20 and a half, they cover the first half for us and then only win the game by 23. That was pretty sweaty, but um, I'm big on Michigan. I think this top 10, if they got it right, I like the top four if it ended right now. I know we're only one week in. But I think uh, we'll still see some shakeup throughout the top ten. Yeah, I, I love this top ten. Um, not too high on Ohio State. That Kyle uh, Kyle McCord guy didn't look. I'm not too big good. on him either. One mm-hmm. interception, zero touchdowns for Ohio State offense, just absurd. Uh, they might have to do some searching over there. But you know, Michael Penix, 14 point favorites against Boise at home. He absolutely slaughtered them. Got a lot of disrespect. I love him this year. Um, USC, I don't know why you're not too high on them. Caleb Williams, one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen since Lamar Jackson. He's absolutely ridiculous. I think it's the, it's their defense. It's it's he can do it. he. It's not has nothing to do with him. I just think it's their defense. I'm not big on. Yeah, but dude, Caleb Williams is. I I'm so high on him. I've been high on him ever since he uh, took over Spencer Rattler's spot over in Oklahoma. But uh, this USC team, I do really like them. I think they can find their way into the top four spot as well. I don't think Michigan's all there this year. I don't. I think uh, there was a lot of weak points against that ECU team that they just uh, couldn't really figure it out, even getting out of their own end zone. They're inside their own 20, and they couldn't really figure anything out a few times. I know that uh, Harbaugh is not there right now, but uh, these guys know what they're doing on that coaching staff. So they could, I could see them dropping out. Um, I like Bama, but this is a really good top 10. I like Penn State as well. The rankings are looking good. Looking forward to reviewing those uh, each and every week as we get through this college football season. Some week two games to look ahead at. Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. Going to be a great matchup there. 
number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama, and number 13, Oregon at Texas Tech. Good matchups coming in this weekend. What do you guys think about those? Anything? Uh, I didn't really take a look too much at the spread of any of them. Like I said, I, I did look at this Colorado game. I think they're a three-and-a-half-point spread uh, favorite. The first time Colorado's been favorited in a while. Uh, they are at home. I will be taking them. I'll take my chances with it. I do want to see where the money goes because if it gets crazy out of hand, I don't know if I can do that. Just personal rules with gambling with myself. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Colorado is currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Nebraska. That's so trappy, in my opinion, but I'll probably – Ball right into it. I don't care. Yeah, this uh, this Texas Alabama game is going to be a huge uh, factor, and if I really am buying into this Texas team, didn't look the most sharp against Rice last week. Got the job done. I think they won by like thirty at the end of the day. But uh, this, if this Texas team is as good as everyone says they are, they're going to have to put up a really good fight going into Alabama this week. That spread uh, Alabama minus seven against number 11, Texas. Alrighty, boys, I think that's just going to about wrap up everything we got this week. Make sure to tune in on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Kick and Rumble. Um, if you want to check out our picks for Sunday, it will be released on our official picks will be released on Instagram, but we'll be talking about our five favorite games of the week on Sunday morning. That's all I got, boys. You got anything else to add? I think that's going to do it for me this week. Uh, we finally made it to the NFL season as we kick off tomorrow night. So stay tuned to the social media as we get all, all of our cards out going for Thursday night, Sunday, uh, and Monday night in the NFL for all of our individual card plays as well as Saturday uh, for college football. I had a nice little start in college football. So excited to get the football card rolling. We started the season 2-2, two and two, made up for it with that under on the Monday night game with Clemson. Uh, looking to get back into it with college football big this weekend. I have a couple plays I'm loving, so stay tuned for that on the social media. Other than that, that's all I got. Football is back. We finally made it. Yeah, Huff, you said it. We finally made it. I'm hyped to watch these games, get Scott Hansen in the red zone on the TV. Let's go Pats, baby. Money line on Sunday. Abik, thanks for coming out. Love having you. Looking forward to hearing from you on our socials about some upcoming plays. Yeah, I just can't wait for seven hours of commercial free football yes, on Sunday. Yes, yes. Counting them counting the minutes, honestly. You wanna do a little sign off, Abik? Thank you guys for having me. I can't believe we made it to football, man. I've been waiting for this day since February thirteenth, around ten thirty at night at the end of that Super Bowl. Ah. A beak, a beak. Before you get going, let me know who you've got on the record. Who are you supporting? What team are you backing this season without Tom Brady in the NFL? Uh, Off the rip, I'll, let I'll, one go. I'll text it. I'll text it. Wow, he doesn't have one. It's crazy. Alrighty, boys, that's it.